Lesson number 198, Surah An-Naml, ayah number 60 to 93. Amman khalaqa as-samawati wal-arda wa anzala lakum min as-samai ma'a fa'anbatna bihi hada'iqa dhata bahjatin ma kana lakum antum bitu shajaraha أَإِلَاهُمْ مَعَ اللَّهِ بَلْ هُمْ قَوْمٌ يَعْدِلُونَ Is he not best who created the heavens and the earth and sent down for you rain from the sky, causing to grow thereby gardens of joyful beauty, which you could not have grown the trees thereof? Is there a deity with Allah? But they are a people who ascribe equals to him in the previous ayah we learned who is better is allah better is allah best or those gods those so called gods that people associate with him who is better allah is better and these ayat are further questions you can say allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is asking us making us think making us reflect on the universe that we are in, the creation that surrounds us, that where did all of this come from? Who is it that has created all of this? The one, Allah Azza wa Jal, the greatest one who has created all of this, is He not worthy of worship? When that is the case, then why is it that you associate partners with Him? Why is it that you turn away from Him? Am man. Am meaning or. Man who meaning amman khalaqa samawati wal ard or who is it that has created the skies and the earth or is he not best who has created the skies and the earth wa anzala lakum and the one who has sent down for you min as-sama'i from the sky ma'an water and when this water falls down from the sky, فَأَمْبَتْنَا Then we cause to grow, بِهِ With it, meaning because of this rain that has fallen down, we produce from the earth, حَدَائِق Gardens. حَدَائِق is the plural of حَدِيقَة. From the root letters, حَدَالْقَاف. And حَدِيقَة is an enclosed garden. An enclosed garden. Meaning a garden that is surrounded with walls. So you're talking about a private property and a property that is well preserved, that is looked after, that is maintained. And no matter who's maintaining a private property, a garden, it cannot grow until and unless Allah allows it to grow. He causes it to grow. So hadaiq, gardens, who causes them to grow? And these gardens also, what are they? bahjatin. That literally means possessor of, meaning one having, one that has, one that is off. Meaning the description of these gardens is, the quality of these gardens is that they are of bahjah. Bahjah. From the root letters, bahajim. What does bahjah mean? Bahjah is that which is beautiful to look at. Okay? That which is beautiful to look at. Now when you see something that is beautiful to look at, what happens? Do you feel happy? Do you feel happy? Yes. Now what is it that when you look at it, you feel happy? That which is dull or that which is bright? 
bright. That which is old and you know drooping and almost dead, or that which is fresh, full of life, full of color, full of radiance. What is beautiful to look at? That which is fresh. Hmm? So, bahja meaning beautiful sight, bright, delightful, looking beautiful, fresh, lively. This is how these gardens are. And Allah causes them to grow from what? From rain that He sends down. Because we know that no matter how much we try to you know, water our grass and water our plants, right? flowers, trees, whatever it is, they cannot look beautiful until unless rain actually falls from the sky. Isn't it? I mean, we've experienced this in the summer. That every day you try your best you know, to water the grass, to water the plants. But then what happens? One rainfall and the result is just far more beautiful. That bahja, that delight, that beauty, that freshness doesn't come from your sprinkler system. It doesn't come through your watering can. It doesn't come through your strict routine of looking after your garden. It only comes after rain, even if it be just a slight drizzle. So this bahja comes from Allah. مَا كَانَ لَكُمْ It is not possible for you. It is not within your ability. And that tumbitu You cause to grow. From imbat, noon bata. You cannot cause to grow shajaraha, its trees. Meaning the trees, the plants, which are in these gardens of yours, you cannot make them grow. How many times is it that a tree is planted or some seeds are put in, you know, and fertilizer and water and everything, but you cannot make it grow. We cannot make it grow. They can only grow when Allah allows them to grow. A ilahum ma'allah. A is ilahun a god. Ma'allah with Allah. Is there any god with Allah? Who does this with him? No one does this with him. Who has this power alone? Only Allah. Then could there possibly be a god with Allah besides Allah other than Allah? No way. Bal rather whom they are. Qawmun a people, Ya'dilun, they equate. Ya'dilun from Adil. Adil is to equate, to make equal. So these people, what do they do? They set others as equals to Allah. Meaning they ascribe partners to Allah. They put others at the same level as that of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. بَلْ هُمْ قَوْمٌ يَعْدِلُونَ And Ya'dilun can also be from the word Udul. And Udul is to deviate. Meaning the truth is so obvious. The oneness of Allah is so obvious. Yet they turn away. They turn away from Tawheed to Shirk. So in this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is asking us, أَمَّنْ خَلَقَ Or who is it that has created all of this? The one who has created all of this, is he not best? And if he has not created all of this, then who is it that has brought all of this into existence? If you look at this ayah, what we see is that life would be impossible on earth if earth was not the way that it is. أَمَّنْ خَلَقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ Who is it that has created the earth and the sky? Who is it? Because if Allah had not created the earth the way it is, then life would be impossible. Aren't there so many other planets that exist in this universe? in just our own galaxy, not too far from us. But 
How is it that life is possible only on earth? Because there is a creator of life on this earth. There is a creator of this earth, there is a creator of this universe, and he is the one who has made life possible over here. Likewise, rain would not be possible. It would be impossible for rain to fall if the system, this water cycle was not the way that Allah has created it. I mean, think about it. Isn't there you know, ice or like cold temperatures or even hot temperatures on other planets? Isn't there? We study about this in science, right? But why is it that life cannot exist because rain cannot fall? Because water is not raised up to the sky and we know that no matter how much water is taken up into the sky, it evaporates, it cannot fall down unless all the factors come together. Isn't it? So many times you see the clouds just passing by, but not a drop of rain falls. Right? Why? Because all those circumstances were not there together to allow rain to fall. So who is it that sends rain from the sky? وَأَنزَلَ لَكُم مِّنَ السَّمَاءِ مَاءً Who has allowed this to happen? Allah has. Likewise, nothing would grow from the earth if this natural order with its perfection did not exist. The soil, the air, the light. I mean, everything has to come together and everything has to be in a particular order so that life may exist on this planet. Now when there is such perfect law and order that this universe is upon, then there must be a lawmaker. There must be a lawgiver. And who is that lawgiver? Who is that lawmaker? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is God. And this lawmaker has to be not from within this universe, not from within this creation, but from beyond it, from above it. And who is that? Allah Azza wa Jal. So this train of life is not moving by itself. There is a mover. There is someone who is causing it to move. There is someone who is causing it to continue. Likewise, you know like for example a factory, it cannot operate itself. There has to be an operator. There has to be someone running it. Now this earth that we're living in, this life that we're experiencing, it's not happening just by itself. It didn't come about from an accident. Someone is causing it to live, to exist. And who is it then? Who is it? Who is that power? Who is that lawmaker, that lawgiver? It is Allah Azza wa Jal. أَمَّنْ خَلَقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ How can you possibly deny the existence of a creator, the existence of a lawgiver, the existence of a lawmaker? How can you possibly deny that? أَمَّنْ خَلَقَ If it is not him, then who is it? Did you create yourselves? You couldn't create yourself. Someone created you. And the one who has created all of this, is he not best? Who is better? Him or an idol that is sitting idle before you? Who is better? Who is deserving of worship? Allah Azza wa Jal. In Surah An-Nahl, Ayah 17, Allah says, أَفَمَنْ يَخْلُقُ كَمَنْ لَا The one who creates, can he be like the one who cannot create, who does not create? Can they be the same? Never. But yet people either deny the existence of a creator, the existence of a God, or they ascribe equals to Allah. They ascribe partners to Him. And there are many people, even at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, who admitted the fact that yes, there is a Creator who is supreme. 
who is above any other being in attribute, in perfection. He is the most powerful one. He is the God. But they did not accept the fact that He is the one who has sent revelation. He is the one who has sent all of these messengers. And we see that people like that exist today also. They believe in a deity, but they don't believe that He is Allah. That He is the one who has revealed the Qur'an. He is the one who sent Musa, who sent Isa alayhimu salam. In Surah Al-Zukhruf, Ayah 87, we learn, وَلَئِنْ سَأَلْتَهُمْ مَنْ خَلَقَهُمْ لَيَقُولُنَّ اللَّهِ If you were to ask them, who is it that created you? They will say, Allah. And Allah basically translates as God. Right? So they say that God created us. فَأَنَّا يُؤْفَكُونَ Then from where are they deluded? In Surah Al-Ankabut, Ayah 63, we learn, وَلَئِنْ سَأَلْتَهُمْ مَنْ نَزَّلَ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ مَاءً If you were to ask them, who is it that sends down grain from the sky, water from the sky, فَأَحْيَا بِهِ الْأَرْضَ بَعْدَ مَوْتِهَا And he brings life to the earth after it was dead. لَيَقُولُنَّ اللَّهِ They will say it is Allah, it is God who does this. قُلِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ Then say all praises for Allah. When you believe that there is a creator, there is a deity, then why do you not surrender to Him? Why do you not submit to Him? Because you see, there's levels of denial. The greatest level of denial is, there's no God, there's no creator. Then, there are people who say, there is a creator, but I don't worship Him. Hmm? Deism, right? I mean, there are people who live like this, who hold such beliefs. But how is it that a person can just acknowledge a creator but not surrender to Him. That's illogical. So the one who created the sky above you, the earth beneath you, the one who created you, the one who's sustaining you, surrender to Him. And when you equate others with Him, then this is the greatest injustice. أَمَّنْ جَعَلَ الْأَرْضَ قَرَارًا Then who is it? Am or man who? Who is it that's doing this? Who is it that has made the earth a stable ground? Or... Amman, is he not best? Who made al-arda, the earth, qararan, a stable ground? Qarar from the root letters, qafrara. What does qarar mean? Stability. When something is stable, it is steady, it is firm. So the earth, Allah has made it a stable abode. This is amazing. The earth is constantly on the move. Isn't it? I remember as a child when I studied in school that the earth is spinning and not just spinning but it's also moving. I remember the chapter, the great travelers or something, right? And who are the travelers? We are travelers. Meaning we're constantly traveling, right? Because the earth is constantly spinning and then moving but we don't even feel that movement. Allah has made the earth a qarar, stable. And Not just that the earth is moving, I mean the earth is constantly spewing out lava and sulfur and fumes and what not. I mean, think about what all is within the earth. But yet the earth is stable. It's stable. The earth's interior is composed of four layers, right? Three of them are solid and one is liquid. And it is not magma but molten metal. I mean, just think about it. Within the earth is what? Molten metal in the core of the earth. And it's nearly as hot as the surface of the sun. Nearly as hot as the surface of the sun. 
This is how the earth is from the inside. And we know exactly how it is. I mean, you've studied it, right? That how it's constantly moving, rocks, what all is going on within the earth. Just a few miles deep into the earth, how much movement there is, how much energy there is, how much force there is. But yet the earth that we live upon, that we sit on, that we stand on, qarar, so stable, and just those few moments when there is an earthquake, right? When the rocks within the earth, they're moving and there's a sudden you know, pressure, a jolt because of that. What happens with the slight movement of the surface of the earth and just one part of the earth? What devastation we go through, right? We experience this ard. Who? Who has made this earth iqrar? وَجَعَلَ And He has made خِلَالَهَا Within it, meaning between the surface of the earth. And خِلَال, remember it's in wudu. What do you do? You do the خِلَال of the fingers, right? That the gap that is between your fingers, you pass your fingers through that gap. Why? In order to make sure that it is wet. Right? So who has made within the earth, through the surface of the earth, anharan? Rivers, plural of nahr. Not just one river, but many rivers. I mean, just look at the surface of the earth. What do you see? A huge, massive river network. Right? That's what you study in geography, don't you? When you study about the country that you live in, the province that you live in, the state that you live in, whatever, the continent that you live in, you learn about all the major, major rivers. They're not just major rivers, but they're also these small rivers, a river network. And they're also described as ecological corridors. Right? So, who has made these rivers running through the surface of the earth, you know, irrigating lands, and because of this irrigation, life is possible. وَجَعَلَ لَهَا And He has also made for it, meaning for the earth, رَوَاسِيَ رَوَاسِي Firmly set mountains. But that's just, you know, a very rough translation of rawasi. Rawasi, plural of rasiya. And rasiya from rusu, rasin, wow. And what rasiya means is that which is, first of all, towering, tall, huge, massive, and not just tall on one side, but also firmly and deeply rooted. This is how mountains are. Towering mountains that are deeply, firmly rooted, that are stable themselves, and are also stabilizing the earth. Stabilizing the earth. وَجَعَلَ لَهَا رَوَاسِيَ وَجَعَلَ And He has made بَيْنَ الْبَحْرَيْنِ Between the two seas. Bahrain, Tasni of the word Bahr. Between the two seas, Hajiza, A barrier. Hajiz from the root letters Hajim, Zay. And hajiz is an obstacle, a barrier between two things, a hurdle, preventing them from coming together, from mixing. And it's amazing how for miles and miles, two different waters with different properties, different color, they are running next to each other for so long before they actually are able to mix together. So who has created this barrier between the two waters? Who is it that has made the earth a stable abode, a stable ground, and has made within the earth rivers, and has made in the earth firmly set, towering, stable and stabilizing mountains. And who is it that has made between the two seas a barrier, preventing the two waters from mixing immediately? Who is it? 
Allah, Allah, then is there a God with Allah? Who is doing this with him? Bal aktharuhum la ya'lamun. Bal rather aktharuhum. Most of them, most of the people, la ya'lamun. They do not know. They do not know that Allah is making all of this happen. Majority of the people are ignorant of the favors that Allah has bestowed upon them. These are hidden favors, hidden blessings. We don't even feel them. We don't even think about them. But if it wasn't for these blessings, we would be dead. We would not be alive. Most of the people do not know Allah's favors. Most of the people do not know Allah. They do not know His oneness. If still you don't understand, then amman, then who is it? Is he not best? Who? Yujibul muttarra. Yujibu. He responds to. Ijaba. Jawab. To answer. Jim Wauba. Who is it that responds to Al Muttarra, the desperate one? The one whom no one else hears. No one else responds to. But Allah is the one who responds to the Muttar. Who is Muttar? Muttar from Dad Ra Ra Darar harm. And Muttar is the one who has been afflicted with some harm, who is suffering from some harm. Very close to death almost. Like for example, a person stranded at sea. The ship is sinking. Or people who are lost somewhere. Muttar, the person who sees death approaching him. He's only minutes away from losing his life. And not just that, but also a person who's in a desperate situation. You see, Muttar is basically someone who is afflicted by darar, right? someone who's afflicted by some harm. So because of that harm, he tries to help himself. right? He tries to save himself. Now what happens? Sometimes we try to save ourselves, we try to help ourselves, we try to take ourselves out of a difficult situation. But then when we're unable to, what do we do? We call out for help. We seek the help of those who are around us. But then what happens? Even those who are around us, do they fail in providing help to us? Do they fail? Yes, they do. Then what happens? Who is it that we call upon? Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Muttar is the one who's tried everything, exhausted every effort to save himself, to protect himself, to take himself out of that dangerous situation. The person who has tried to swim, he has tried to grab onto, you know, something to save himself, who has, you know, been calling out to others, screaming for help, but he hasn't been heard, he hasn't been responded to. So what does he do now? He calls upon Allah in his desperation. أَمَّنْ يُجِيبُ الْمُطَّرَّ إِذَا دَعَاهُ When he calls out to him, meaning when the muttar finally calls upon Allah, then who responds to him? Allah responds to him. وَيَكْشِفُ السُّوءُ وَيَكْشِفُ And he removes from the word kashf. What is kashf? To unveil. And when you unveil something, you have to remove the cover. You have to lift it up. So this is kashf. Yakshifu, meaning he lifts it up, he removes it, he takes it away. What is it that he takes away? Asu, 
the evil, meaning that which was harming the person, that which was grieving him, that which was distressing him, that which was troubling him, whether it was a disease, a life-threatening situation, whatever it may be. يَكْشِفُ Who takes that problem away? وَيَجْعَلُكُمْ And He makes you خُلَفَاءَ الْأَرْضِ The inheritors of the earth. خُلَفَاء, plural of the word Khalifa. Who is Khalifa? One who comes after the other and will be replaced by another. And this is the reality of us human beings. That when we are born, when we are born, what does it mean? There were people here before us. Right? And then when we are born, we live, it doesn't mean we're living here forever. What's gonna happen? We're gonna die and others are gonna come and take our place. So, وَيَجْعَلُكُمْ خُلَفَاءَ الْأَرْضِ He makes you the inheritors of the earth, meaning He gives you another chance to live. You were so close to dying. This was nearly the end of your life. And you were that muttar person. And Allah rescued you. And He gave you another chance to live. A new life. A ilahun Allah. Then tell me, is there a God with Allah? قَلِيلًا مَا تَذَكَّرُونَ Very little it is that you remember. How quickly you forget Allah's favors upon you. And this is so true. That how many times we find ourselves in such a difficult situation, whether it be preparing for an exam, or it be driving in, in stormy weather. Right? We try everything. Nothing works. And then all we can do is just make du'as. Right? We just say, La ilaha illallah. We're just saying all the du'as that we can remember. This is the state of the muttar. This is the state of the muttar. But then what happens? As soon as Allah saves us, He delivers us to safety, we forget. We forget Allah's favor on us. And we turn to others. Whether it is, you know, a TV screen or it is our friends, you know, we, we forget Allah's fadl on us, His favor on us, and we go on living this life as if there is no God. We go on with our day-to-day as if there is no one who favored us yesterday, the second before. قَلِيلًا مَّا تَذَكَّرُونَ Little it is that you remember. In Surah Al-Isra, Ayah 67, we learn, وَإِذَا مَسَّكُمُ الضُّرُّ فِي الْبَحْرِ ضَلَّ مَنْ تَدْعُونَ إِلَّا إِيَّاهِ And when adversity touches you at sea, lost are all those you invoke except for Him. Everyone, you forget about them. And who is it that you remember? Allah. So the lesson is that the one who rescues you from these difficult times, why is it that you don't remember Him the rest of your life? Why is it that you don't surrender to Him in your days? If you call upon Him at times of difficulty, then why do you not call upon Him at times of ease? If you remember Him and rely upon Him and seek Him when you're in trouble, then why is it that you forget Him when you're fine? أَمَّن يُجِيبُ الْمُطَّرَّ إِذَا دَعَاهُ وَيَكْشِفُ السُّوءُ وَيَجْعَلُكُمْ خُلَفَاءَ الْأَرْضِ أَإِلَاهُمْ مَعَ اللَّهِ قَلِيلًا مَا تَذَكَّرُونَ أَمَّن Or who is it then? Is He not best? Who يَهْدِيكُمْ He guides you. In the darknesses, of the land and of the sea. Meaning when you're stuck in the darkness, which surrounds you that you are within, where? 
whether you are on land or you are at sea. When you find yourself in darkness, unable to see because of the night, then who is it that guides you in that situation? Who is it that has placed the moon and the stars in the night sky to show you the way? Who is it that has given you the aql, the intellect, the means, the resources, and the ability to make Google Earth? Hmm? Or to make your GPS, whatever version it may be. Who has given you this ability? Who has guided you to this? So that you can find your way, even where your eyes cannot see. في ظلمات البر والبحر You know, in daytime, it's easy to find your way, even if you're lost. Why? Because at least you can see. Right? You can see clearly. But in the darkness of the night, what happens? Even the most familiar roads, they begin to feel unfamiliar. Isn't it? The same road that you drive on every day, what happens when it's dark and it's raining and the visibility is really poor? You can barely tell between the lanes. Isn't it? You can barely tell. You forget what the speed limit was. And you have to constantly check. You're really straining yourself to drive safely. It happened with me last night. It was raining and I was trying to get home. It took me so long and I think it was by far the most difficult drive I've ever had. The most difficult because a car was constantly skidding and the visibility was really bad. I got stuck behind a huge bus and I couldn't change lanes because I couldn't see behind me. I really couldn't. So in the darkness of the night... When you find yourself stranded, when you find yourself lost, who is it that guides you? Who is it that delivers you to safety? Who is it that takes you home? Makes you reach your destination safely. And who is it that sends the winds? Plural of riyah. Who sends the winds? Bushran, as good news. Bushran, plural of the word Bashira. And who is Bashira? One that brings Bashara. One that brings Bushra, good news. So winds, when they blow, what is it that they bring? Good news. Baina yaday, before rahmatihi, his mercy. Meaning before the actual mercy, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends you the good news of the arrival of his mercy. Meaning before rain actually falls, Allah sends winds so that you know, okay, rain is coming. Right? So what this means is that when you're in difficulty, when you find yourself in darkness, He delivers you to safety. And when you find yourself in drought, in famine, in thirst, in hunger, in deprivation, in a state of neediness, before the actual relief comes, He sends you good news of that relief. Right? He sends you good news. You know, all of a sudden, before you even know it, just within a split second, you know, the sky opens up and rain begins to fall. When you're not expecting it, even though you love rain, you enjoy rain, is it going to disturb you? It's going to stress you out, right? But what happens when you see the weather changing gradually, gradually, gradually? You know that, okay, inshallah, it's going to be cool. Hopefully, the weather is going to be nicer. Right? So when you're looking forward to a blessing, you receive it more happily. It's a source of comfort and relief for you. And, you know, like, for example, if you want to give a gift to somebody, right? One is that you just bring a gift to them. 
And the other is that you ask them the day before, if you were to receive a gift, what would you like? Huh? Those of you who are married, think as if your husband's asking you, huh? that if you were to receive a gift on your anniversary, what is it that you would like? Right? Now this question itself, what does it mean? A gift is on its way. Isn't it? Huh? Yeah, we have such a long list, we don't know what to say, right? what to request for, or we feel too shy. But just the fact that we are being asked this question, what does it mean? That a gift is on its way. Right? So before even the gift is given a hint that a gift is coming. Or for example, you're on your way home and somebody tells you, you're going to find a surprise when you get home. Now what is that surprise? What is it going to be? Could be a person waiting for you, could be the fact that the house is all clean, could be the fact that the kids are in bed, could be the fact that, you know, there's dinner, whatever it is. But to know that there's a surprise waiting for me, that itself makes you happy. See the smiles on your face? Right? That good news itself is a means of happiness. And who would you show this gesture to? Those that you love. Those that you care about. And this is a sign of Allah's love, His rahmah, for His creation. That before He sends the rain, He sends the good news of the arrival of the rain. And He sends... وَمَنْ يُرْسِلُ الرِّيَاحَ بُشْرًا بَيْنَ يَدَيْ رَحْمَتِهِ Then tell me, is there a God with Allah? Could there possibly be a God with Allah? No. Ta'ala Allah. Exalted is Allah. You know we say Allah Ta'ala, this is the word Ta'ala. Ta'ala is actually a verb. Alright, Ta'ala is from Ulu. And Ulu is to be high. Ta'ala, He is high. Meaning He is exalted. Ta'ala Allah, Allah is exalted. Amma yushrikun, above all that they ascribe with Him. Above all that they associate with Him. He is higher. He is better. He is greater. So in this ayah, what are we being told? That when you are lost, when you find yourself in darkness, you don't know where to go. And darkness is also like sadness, right? Depression. When you find yourself in grief, you don't know which way to go, whether you should even take a step forward or not. You know, just imagine yourself in complete darkness. You would be afraid to even take one step forward. You would be afraid to even sit down because you don't know if the chair is right behind you, if it's even a chair or not. Right? Why is it that we walk so slowly and carefully when it's dark? It's your own room. You've been living there for the past 10 years. But why is it that when the lights are out, why do you walk so slowly and carefully? Because you're afraid. Yes. They would stop. Whenever it got dark, they would stop and they'd freeze. And then only when the light came, they would start walking yes. forward again. Yes. When there's lightning, even if it's just for a brief moment, that's when the hypocrites walk. Right? But when there is darkness, they stop. وَإِذَا أَظْلَمَ عَلَيْهِمْ قَامُوا This is how human beings are. When we are afraid, we just freeze. We're confused. We don't know what to do. So this ayah can be understood literally, meaning literally in the darkness of the night. And then overall also generally, when you find yourself in such dark situations in life, problems, then who guides you out of them? Step by step, slowly, gradually. As-salamu it also reminds me of all the incidents in like the seerah, the life of the Prophet and them, 
when he was going through a lot of difficulty and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would send him first like a dream or a, like a vision into the future that he was going to be victorious like in um, the battle of the Hazab which we just studied when he was striking the rocks that he knew later on and then that made it easier for him yes. to continue yes and you know the darkness of the night always what does that symbolize that it's going to be followed by a day Right? So when you find yourself in a very dark situation, the fact that you're in darkness, what does it mean? There will be relief soon. The next thing that's going to happen is ease. And if you just look back into your life, think about the most difficult, the most tough situations. I mean, think about before the summer. Right? Before the summer. When you were stressing out because of your midterms, your exams, your assignments, your homework. And then Ramadan... Right? Everything everything kind of came together. But then what happened? You had a whole two months to chill. Right? Now again, there's difficulty. School has started again. Right? So, this is life. Allah puts us in difficulty, and then He takes us out of that difficulty, then He puts us in another difficulty, and then He takes us out. Who guides you through the ups and downs of life? And then when you find yourself in a difficult situation, before even you come out of it, Allah tells you, He shows you that you will be out of it soon. You know, for example, a person is ill, they're sick, they don't know what's going on. And then finally, the disease, the illness is diagnosed. And then eventually the treatment can be taken, and then inshallah a person will be healthy again. Assalamu alaikum. This ayah shows that Allah is so merciful that He's telling us that He's going to test us and there will be difficulties and there will be relief from Him. And we still human and we don't put trust on Him still. We always depend on other things and that is very sad. Yeah. This is our you know, weakness of faith. That really Tawheed means that, that when you are in difficulty, you realize that He is the one who will take you out of that difficulty. Him alone. Alone. Only Him. Nobody else. Because Amman, who is it that? Is there anyone with him? Not at all. A ilahum ma'allah? Is there a God with Allah? Not at all. Ta'ala Allahu amma yushrikun. Let's listen to the recitation. Amman khalaqa samawati wal arda wa anzala lakum minas samai ma'an fa'anbatna فأنبتنا به حدائق ذات بهجة ما كان لكم أن تنبتوا شجرها أإله مع الله بل هم قوم يعدلون أم Amen. <laughs> 
تَعَالَى اللَّهُ عَمَّا يُشْرِكُونَ 